Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and Pastor Adam Mosier continue their discussion on the small cult articles looking at an article discussing baptism. Today, they look at an Old Testament passage and its application. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary, establishing students in the eternal and inerrant Word of God for a life of faith in Jesus Christ and faithful service to his kingdom since 1964. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I'm joined by... Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Adam Osher. All right, welcome back, guys. We are continuing our march through the Small Called Articles, and today we get to go to the Old Testament for a Bible study in Exodus 14 on uh, the pa- or the crossing of the Red Sea. Yeah, we're doing the crossing of the Red Sea and baptism. Remember, wherever you see water in mm-hmm. the Old Testament, it's definitely talking about baptism. <laughs> but you know Definitely, the re- maybe. Do you, do you know the real reason why we're doing Exodus 14? Why? Is that? Because if we had done Exodus 15, it would have just been 22 minutes of the three of us doing a round of Horse and the Rider. <laughs> you know, I did not grow up singing that, so it's, oh, it's not really like it's, a, yeah. Well, we would have had to teach you because yeah. you can't do it with just two people. Yeah, right. you need three because it's the yeah. three parts, right? But I, I think that's one. I one yeah, no. The no, no, no. <laughs> that, that may have been one of the only Splash. things that I've missed out on. In the... I wouldn't say missed out <laughs> so much as didn't do. Didn't do, yes. <laughs> oh, I, have, uh... I have fond memories of sitting around the campfire by Grace Lake, Bethany Bible Camp in Bemidji, and we were just, we were just going to town, singing that song we had, all day. We, I, I tell you one thing, as far as Bible camps go, uh, our camp, Adam, growing up, we could carry a tune. Yeah, well, yeah, and, and you know what? And, and our leaders, too. I remember Pastor... Uh, yeah, Pastor Fugelberg, Jim, Jim Fugelberg, Fugelberg, he would have his guitar there, and he, I mean, he was a great singer, and we would sing, and the funny thing about that song that you just mentioned, it's, it's you know, some of you listeners know what we're talking about, some of you are thinking we're crazy, which is probably normal, normal. if you haven't figured that out <laughs> by now, normal. you're you're probably struggling, but... Uh, so you say this is riveting. All that to say, <laughs> I did not know that was a song from the Bible <laughs> when we started, when I learned it, so I was like, oh, what, what's this about, this horse and rider, blah, 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 and then I read Exodus, I was like, oh, like there's... Moses wrote this. That's a good song. Yeah. <laughs> Much in the same way I have decided to follow Jesus has nothing to do with the Bible. <laughs> oh. oh, no. All right. All right. Brett. Well, in that, in that instance, yeah. Late. Take a sip of my Canadiano late. here. <laughs> I, I discovered a new drink. Oh, no. I discovered a new <laughs> drink. coffee time, take two. Uh, yes, afternoon coffee time. Uh, and uh, so I, I order this drink in front of Jason and Brett, and it's half of the amount of espresso shots and half of the water. So basically, it's a, you know, a smaller version of an Americano. But it was like I ordered some foreign object, you know, from like, I, I want a Martian water stew or something. It was weird. They were looking at me like I was crazy. So we decided since it's half an Americano, basically, I said, it's only half of Americano. We decided to call it a Canadian Canadiano, but that's not to be offensive to our Canadian listeners. It's right. okay. Yes. They're all politely frustrated at us. <laughs> <laughs> politely, quietly disappointed. Uh. Yes. All right. 
All right. Well, uh, we, <laughs> we're doing all of this in the context of talking about baptism in uh, the Small Called Articles, uh, Article 3.5. Um, so we'll get to the connections there. But yeah, Adam, before we... <laughs> <laughs> I just thought about half the water is relating to baptism. It's still a baptism. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's not yeah. the amount of water that matters. Hey, there you go. It's good. not. Very so good. The drink is fine, everybody. Yeah, I want you to know that it's, it's good. <laughs> now you can awesome. read, Brad. All right. Yes, we're in Exodus 14, uh, verse... Verses 26 through 31, and I read in Jesus' name. It says, Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots, and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen. Of all the hosts of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians, so the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. Uh, here ends the reading of God's word. Amen. 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 Wait, it was Moses who saved the Israelites. Mm. He's the one who did the work there, right? <laughs> well, he did do the stretching of his hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Yeah. Get that out of my system. Okay. Yeah. But, I mean, is this not example yeah. 45,287? Can of... you be more specific? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, give or take. Yeah. Of how God works through means. Yeah. Yeah. You know, the, not only do the people give the Lord credit for saving them, God takes the credit for saving them, and it was at the hand of Moses. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, I, I've been preaching through Exodus here lately, and it, it's been fun to. Have look you at, done this passage yet? We're, we haven't gotten there yet, um, but we're we just got through the burning bush, so we're you know, pretty early on in Exodus. But it's been really fun to just see how the Lord used some somebody weak and and really unwilling and hesitant as Moses, and yet it was. At the end of the day, like you say, it's all about God and His deliverance of His people uh, using these means. Correct. Yeah. Baptism. The Baptism. end of the story. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> wow. Five minute episode. We're done. <laughs> well, and I and I think this this passage is is uh, relevant to this because of a, a clear New Testament reference to this passage. Yeah, we talked about uh, yep. well, first or second Corinthians. Uh, I always get the Corinthian content. It's second Corinthians 10, I think, right? Yeah, it's a 10. Yeah. Uh, I, I always forget which one is which sometimes, mm-hmm. but the Israelites were baptized in the water, you mm-hmm. know, and this is the point in, in what what the Exodus and what the parting of the Red Sea and what the crossing of the sea illustrates actually is the symbolic significance of why baptism is done in the way that it's done, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's not that baptism is merely a symbol, but that the, sim- the symbolic value communicates a spiritual truth. And, and that's what's going on. And so just as the Egyptians are leaving slavery behind and the enemy is drowned in the water, so we leave the slavery of sin behind, Mm -hmm. and the enemy, the old nature, is drowned in the water, and we emerge from the water new creatures. Right. And we say this, and you've you've already alluded to it, we say this because the Word does. You know, when when God uses 
terminology in the New Testament. For instance, in Ephesians 1, that's just one example. I think it's 1-7-ish, where it talks about how we have the redemption through his blood. It's language that God brings back to. You know, Christ is our, you know, Passover lamb. You know, that language of the Passover, that language of the Exodus, that language of the redemption that was found, that where people were bought back out of slavery. And Paul likens that language, the redemption language, being bought out of slavery, to the forgiveness of sins there in that Ephesians. Ephesians 1 passage. And so as you look at those, as you look at those verses, that's why we can look back at these. Uh, and I say this, this is almost a side note that, it, you know, just to be careful of allegory, you know, that we are reading into like, this could be, you know, because this, you know, this sounds like, you know, this word and it symbolizes that we we're not doing that. We're doing this because scripture does right. it. So that's just a, a side note, an exegetical side note, a yeah. interpretive side note. We can do this because the New Testament very clearly connects this type and shadow, which is an event in this case, the Exodus, to uh, a New Testament reality. And it's interesting that Paul does it using baptism. Yeah. yeah. It's it's really what we're doing as we do this, as we talk about types and shadows and anti-types and all that stuff. We're really doing the work of Galatians 4.4. 4 where God has directed all of human history to deliver Christ. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's in the fullness of time. Yeah. In yeah. the fullness of time when everything was right. And, and we realize that not the, the salvation history of the people of God, not only traces a particular people through the old Testament, but it traces particular means and particular methods and particular messages. You know, we've talked repeatedly, my favorite motif in scripture is the clothing motif. And and we would say the water motif. And in fact, baptism is both water motif and clothing motif. Because of Galatians. Yeah. Yeah. Three, Galatians 3.27. Yeah. And, and, you know, you do all these things and you start, what starts to happen as you're catechized into the faith is that realities and truths that God is proclaiming to you in scripture start to pop off the page. I remember it was several years ago, uh, connecting all this together when I first realized that the armor of God in Ephesians 6 is a passage about baptism. Mm-hmm. It's about the baptized life. And, and, and you, you know, I, I never made that connection, but if you, if you talk about the clothing metaphor, and then those of you who have been baptized have put on Christ... Mm-hmm. And then you go to Ephesians 6, where put on, therefore, the full armor of God, and every one of the pieces of the armor of God points us to Jesus and, in fact, equips us with Jesus. Yeah. And, and the baptized life for a Christian matters, wrapping it back up here, because it's the severance from the enemy. It's the mm-hmm. deliverance from yeah. Egypt. Yeah. It's, it, <clears throat> yep. it, it's what starts us on the pilgrimage to the promised land. Yeah. And for the Christian life, then, we are wandering in the wilderness. We, we simultaneously carrying our faith and our sin with us, just like what the Israelites did for 40 years, wandering in the wilderness, mm-hmm. waiting for the promised land. Right. I want to clarify here. We I think we mentioned Second Corinthians. It's actually First Corinthians ah, ten. I was wrong. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I used to be the human concordance. Yeah, and then I went away from using a physical Bible, and that's why I'm back using a physical there Bible we go. now. Yes, I oh, need to. I need to do that. But my, 
yeah, I don't have any excuse other than yeah. my eyesight's failing and the Bible I carry with me is really tiny print. <laughs> I'm still struggling with that, Brad. I don't know if I believe you, but I'm going to check uh, I'll, I'll in read my physical Bible. I, I do want to read this passage because I, I think whatever, it's, it's really cool. Yeah, <laughs> uh, anyway, the I, I love here in this passage, it connects baptism. And then the next verse, it talks about uh, the communion. spiritual food. Yeah, yep. communion. So baptism and Lord's Supper. But I'll, it's 1 Corinthians 10, uh, verse 1 says, I don't want you to be unaware, brothers, that our fathers were all under the cloud and all passed through the sea and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea and all ate the same spiritual food and drank the same spiritual drink. And could keep going on there. But yep. I, I think that is kind of neat, the baptism and the Lord's Supper uh, tied in there. And I've actually had a conversation with this and realized this is, we are intending this to be a Bible study on Exodus 14, yeah, but we're yep, talking about everything right. but Exodus sure. 14. Uh, one of yeah. the objections I've had with uh, you know, a friend on, on the Baptist wing of the spectrum uh, is that, well, you can't really use this because the Israelites were baptized into Moses, you know, and, and it's the struggle with that. And, and here, early at the end of Exodus 14, and Israel saw the great power of the Lord against the Egyptians, so the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and in his servant Moses. But then again, that's where you go back to types and shadows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. you have the promise yeah. from Deuteronomy 18 yeah. that the Lord will send a prophet yeah. like, like Moses yep. afterwards, and you realize that even Moses, even the actual person of Moses is pointing to Christ. Right. Well, and, yep. Yeah. Hebrews, he, three. Hebrews does the same. Hebrews yeah. three, you know, yep. uh, the whole picture here for Jesus has been counted worthy of a glory more than Moses as much more as the glory of the builder of a house has more honor than the house itself for every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify the things were spoken later, but Christ is faithful over God's house as a son. And so, again, it's that progression, uh, you know, the type and shadow from one I- image that this is a servant that points forward to something more. And here we have the reality in the New Testament, which is Christ. Yeah, same thing. Yep. You know, a, a type or a shadow, uh, we use the word type, and it's it's actually the Greek word tupas. It's the, it sounds Tupac? like Tupac. Yeah, <laughs> God rest his soul. Um the wow, you threw me off. Okay, oh so this idea of types is is very much a New Testament concept, pointing back to the Old Testament. So a type can be anything from an event like the Exodus uh, to a person, like, and there are several that could you know quickly come to mind. But Moses being one of them, uh, it can be even like a an institution, like the priesthood or the you know the kingly. Uh, you know, nature, um, the, the royal nature of... Yeah, prophet, priest, and king. Pro- yeah, mm-hmm. all of those are institutions or offices, if you will, that are types and shadows of the thing that was ultimately fulfilled in the prophet, priest, and king, Jesus. So, yeah, anyway, I, I don't know. Some of our listeners are probably... Duh, stop talking at them. And some of you maybe haven't heard or this. Or some of them are like, what are they talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Entirely Those Canadianos. Random. The Canadianos. Canadianos yeah. We're sure that there's just coffee in there. No. Um, all, oh, boy. Yeah, there is. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, anyway, that's why I wanted to say. Yeah. So <laughs> let's talk about Ephesians. I was going to say Let's Exodus. talk about Ephesians. Forget Exodus. We're already out of that, right? And, and I think yeah. just imagining what's happening here is helpful too. And and I think Jason, you made a passing comment before we started recording about the movie, the Prince oh, of Egypt, Prince of Egypt, and, and just how 
the idea of and and you know some people that maybe don't trust in the miraculous things in scripture try to rationalize and say well it was like low low water and you know th- those kinds oh boy, of things but, i can go off on that for, for <laughs> days I, and weeks and months but we we admit and and we've talked last time about how baptism is a miraculous thing that mm-hmm. god is doing something here and god is miraculously delivering his people in, in just a really neat Maybe unexpected way of the the backs against the wall. You know, you got the the water behind them, the Egyptians in front of them, uh, and the Lord parts the Red Sea. Well, and it's I mean, so let's go back to Prince of Egypt first. Okay, the, you, you, you set up a soapbox, and you just, didn't you just point it said, "Don't go there." And no, uh, <laughs> I. I have a problem with the the wing of the church that wants to rail on things like the Prince of Egypt. Okay. It is an artistic interpretation of scripture. It's not intended to replace scripture. Right. It's not even intended to be something like the chosen or uh, the visual Bible, even what that came out when we were in college. Uh, it's an artistic representation. And are there things that we want to be aware of and wary of? Yeah. Well, okay. So when Moses is there at the parting of the Red Sea in real life, he's 80 uh, and in <laughs> the Prince of Egypt, he's like 29 and sure, super good looking. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that one of the most obnoxious Hollywood things about the Prince of Egypt is that Val Kilmer does the voice of Moses okay. and Val Kilmer no, also that. does the voice of God. And, and the directors, oh. I think, were quoted on saying is we all hear God in our own way. And so Val Kilmer voiced the voice of God through the burning bush. Yeah, that's dumb. Okay, but this is art. In as far as an artistic representation of the, the story of the Exodus and the life of Moses, it's awesome. And particularly the parting of the Red Sea is an amazing scene for what baptism communicates to us. And so you have the parting of the Red Sea, it's super great, and they're walking through on, on, on dry ground and, and they get the topography of the seabed like it's uneven and, you know, they're, you know, they're walking through, but then there's this scene right away when they get into the middle of the Red Sea and there's lightning, you know, cause God can't do anything apart from a thunderstorm. There's <laughs> lightning flashing and you catch the silhouette of a whale hmm. in the, in the, in the water. Well, Adam, you know what I'm talking about. I get goosebumps. <laughs> Brett hasn't seen the movie. Adam knows what I'm talking Adam about. knows what I'm talking about. I thought when you said whale, that's what <laughs> made you think. Like, Adam, Adam, you know what a whale is, huh? Chubby? Oh, that's what I thought you were talking about. Yes. Isn't that right, baby yeah. beluga? Oh, yeah. And, yeah. So. Yeah. So, but the, the, the miracle of what happens in baptism as illustrated by what happens in the parting of the Red Sea is the same miracle that we talk about in the destructive nature of the flood and that God used that to recreate. And it's the, the beauty in the destructive power of creation, God wielding at the same time for his will hmm. and his purpose. Mm-hmm. So yeah, in baptism, yeah. the water puts our sinful nature to death. We mm-hmm. drown Drown, in the water, yeah. and yet the water is the source of our new life. And we come again, and, and you, like I said, I can talk about this for days and hours and weeks and all of this. Uh, you, you take the role of water in the book of Revelation, and you can try to kind of get what I'm getting at. In, in the ancient world, especially in the Old Testament, water is almost always a source of chaos, Mm-hmm. The the danger of the, the sea, sea. Mm-hmm. The, yeah. the, the the threat of Leviathan. You've got the deluge. 
you, you, you've even got the Lord withholding rain with Elijah, right? Mm -hmm. And yet you get to Revelation and you get to the picture of eternity and the sea and is the glass. water is calm. Yeah. And it's life-giving. Yeah. And, and that's the point of baptism is that God takes this destructive nature and he destroys mm -hmm. what needs to be destroyed by his omniscient sovereign hand over his creation. And he did that in the end by becoming a part of his creation. He entered into humanity to save us. That's the significance of baptism. That's the significance of the means of grace. Mm. Amen. Yeah, that, that's really that's really beautiful, really great. Um, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I'd never really thought that direction before. You know, never... It, realizing that it talks about the ark and the ark is one of destruction, mm -hmm. you know, the a story of destruction. Um, you know, oftentimes a joke is made about how we have all of these children's nurseries painted with Noah's Ark and all the animals <laughs> and the rainbows and all this. And yeah, right. it's really a story of, of divine judgment and his pouring out wrath on sin, which is interesting because of the connection to baptism. That's exactly what happened in the blood of Christ, which is imparted to us. Yeah. yeah. Very interesting. Uh, the thing that, that makes, uh, that, that kind of stood out to me going back to the whole, you know, the the imposing nature of the water, like in the, you know, the, uh, what's the movie? I can't, like, Prince, the, oh, yeah, Prince, Prince of Egypt. Prince I couldn't of Egypt. come up with the word <laughs> Prince of Egypt for a second. The one we were just talking about. Um, the Prince of Egypt, all of that, same thing. It, it's, it's like God wants us to understand that his work is not, uh, follow me here for just a second. His work is not something that is just uh, secondary or kind of like, oh, was that really God or not? You know, it's like uh, he kind of sneaks in and does his. Yeah, thing. like it, it's maybe yeah. real subtle. Oh, is it just? Oh, it was. Yep. But when the wind blows really hard, there's a really narrow patch. And I'll, no, 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 no. That's not what it's talking about. <laughs> Same thing with Joshua in in when you know they're they're entering, crossing the Jordan, and the Jordan parts that the water kind of heaps up on one side and stops flowing, so that they could, you know, they could cross then too. But it was very specific that Joshua in in that book writes. During flood stage, it wasn't during a drought. Yeah. It, it wasn't like they were in Itasca walking across, <laughs> yeah. you know, the uh, Mississippi no, River. at the mouth yeah. by New Orleans. Like it, yeah. it was hardly a thing. No, it was like God wants his work to be noticed. And that, in, 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 I'm not trying to dig into the mind of God here, but when we talk about baptism, yeah. that's exactly what's happening here, yeah. is God wants to get our attention. Right, and he he wants to use this illustration that wouldn't be something that's not like, oh, it makes sense, you know, the child was born into a Christian family and just kind of a blah. No, there is a moment where God says, "I am working here. I want you to open your eyes because my word is true, my promises are sure, and I want you to see it. You're slow. I'm gonna talk about this in a, in a couple of weeks when we talk about the Lord's Supper. You know, you're <laughs> just real, waiting for that. You're real <laughs> slow. Here, let me help you. You yeah. can't. And, and God wants to take us out of what we would normally expect and make something mm -hmm. uh make something so people will stop and stare and look at him yeah, and say ah this is awesome. him yeah. yep. and the reality of baptism with what you're saying it, it that's exactly it because what it becomes is it becomes an event for us mm -hmm. it becomes a landmark for us yep. and, and if they hadn't had the crossing of the red sea what would the israelites look back on mm -hmm. they would have options right it's like okay when were we free from the Egyptians. 
You know, it, and it, what's great about this is at the start of this whole process, the Israelites didn't even believe. You know, Moses mm-hmm. does the first miracle, and they're like, "Thanks." Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> thanks for that. Yeah, really appreciate yeah. this whole making the bricks without the straw yeah. thing, Moses. Yeah. You know, and, and it takes a couple of plagues for them to get on board with the program. Yeah, and you look at the plague. Okay, well, w- when did you believe God was going to deliver us? Yeah, was hmm. it was it the eclipse? You know, yeah. was was it the, the frogs? Was it the fire and brimstone? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Was it the gnats? Well, maybe maybe we go back to the Passover. Mm-hmm. Right, but while we are still in Egypt with the Passover, well, is it uh, when we marched out of Egypt and plundered our enemies? Well, was it when the first person left Egypt or the last person left Egypt? No. When do they celebrate freedom? It's after they're on the other side of the Red Sea, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? And then, and that's all chapter fifteen yeah. is yeah. is I will sing unto the Lord for He has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider is thrown into the sea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you know, yeah. it's that it's that phrase that is often made fun of. It's one of those. One of those hymns where people say, see, we don't even know what this means. And part of it is just because we're lazy uh, and we don't want to do the work to find out what it means. But here I raised my Ebenezer, yep. hither by thy yeah, help crossing I'm come. The Jordan. Right. It's a picture of the crossing of Jordan, right? The Ebenezer, I mean, it's defining what, you know, Ebenezer is literally defined in the song, in the next line, hither by thy help I've come. You know, I've gotten here by your help thus far. And and God is big on that. Mm-hmm. He's real big into getting us to remember those things. One thing my... my um, Kind of a neat story. Uh, we had a, a COVID surprise child, and I've shared about that in, you know, on the podcast before. So I have two boys that are almost to the day 10 years apart. And my oldest son was baptized uh, on his, he was two weeks old to the day. And my second son, 10 years younger, was baptized uh, 10 years uh, or 10 days uh, to the a- after he was born, 10 years to the day. He's not baptized yet. In seven years, we'll talk about it. No, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but ultimately, you know, they have the same baptism birthday. That's the point. Oh, okay. And it's, it's something that we, we did intentionally because it worked out time-wise, you know, but we, we ha- they have the same baptism birthday. And it's something that I just got a letter. It, it was just recently, and I just got a letter from our church that gives, um, you know, these... Um, Basically, remember your baptism, you know, congratulations, happy baptism birthday. And it, it might seem silly, but it, it's pointing that child, my son, who is three, who, you know, some days I don't know what he knows, you know, <laughs> some days I'm convinced he knows, he knows more trucks. than me. <laughs> yeah. It, it, but yet at the same time, being able to remind him in these events, yeah, he isn't going to remember that. But uh, we, as as parents, as family, that's our responsibility to continue. To, to continue pointing them back to the things of God, what God has done. When did he do this? How do you know that it was, how do you know, oh, I'm not good enough, Dad. No, you're right. You're sure, sure not. But Jesus was, and I was there and I saw, you know, the water on your brow. And I know what the promise was that was attached to that because it was declared. And you were his child, not because of something you've done, but because of something God has done and continually pointing them back to the gift of God and not to their own works. It gives us something to cling to that is secure and sure and not something that's wishy-washy. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what the event nature does for us. It's, you know, you wake up, are you going through a struggle and you wonder if you can even be called a child of God? Mm-hmm. And the, the strength of baptism is God by the promise in his word says right here yep. in this place at this yep. time, I made you my child. Yeah. Yep. And one other thing real quick. I know we're, we're getting kind of longer here today, but that's okay. Baptism. Uh, yeah. Uh, and I don't know how much to make of this, but every person from the oldest to the youngest passed through the Red Sea. 
Yeah, entire households. Entire households, say. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe it is equivalent of entire households being baptized in the yeah. New Testament, uh, but that's that's kind of a powerful image that the Lord redeemed and rescued mm-hmm. the littlest one to the oldest one, irregardless or regardless of their age. And uh, thank you for correcting that. By the yeah, way. thanks. I, that's a comp. Yeah, but anyway, uh, God was doing that there. So I guess. Yep, you're uh, absolutely right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Next next week we'll be in the New Testament. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on Spotify and iTunes. Being Lutheran is sponsored by the Free Lutheran Bible College and Seminary. Starting fall of 2024, Bible College graduates can earn an associate or bachelor's degree in Bible and ministry. Free Lutheran Bible College students prepare not only for a career, but for all of their God-given vocations. To learn more or apply, look at flbc.edu. God bless you and have a great week.